In each episode of the Rebel Educator podcast, you'll hear discussions with world-class educators, students, and thought leaders in education as I extract the tactics, tools, and routines that you can use as teachers and parents. I'm Tanya Sheckley, founder of Up Academy and host of Rebel Educator. I invite you to join me for these conversations as I discover how to shift the classroom, the learning environment, the mindset, and the pedagogy to resist tradition, reignite wonder, and reimagine the future of education. Subscribe to Rebel Educator wherever you get your podcasts. Edutech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site of this program for those who participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to this episode of EduTech Guys Radio, brought to you by Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative and Hope Public Schools. We are live from JNUC in Minneapolis. This is Dave. <laughs> Excuse me, this is David. This is Chef. Greg. And uh, this is awesome. We are coming to you live from uh, the top, or, or as close to the top as we could possibly get, of the Guthrie Theater in Minneapolis. The ninth floor, it's called the Amber Box, and there's a very good reason it's called the Amber Box. <laughs> it's all yellow glass. It's pretty nice. Hey, what's great is uh, you listen to radio.edutechguys.com. Check us out on the web, www.edutechguys.com. We're live right now. Coming to you from mixler.com slash edutechguys. Uh, coming to you from Jamf in Minnesota. Uh, having a great time here. Had some great stuff. Great stuff from IBM. We'll talk about uh, later in the show this morning. Yeah. Have a few guys going to drop by. Anybody that wants to come by, if you listen to the show live right now, you're at Jamf. Come by and see us. You can also follow us on the social media, twitter.com slash edutechguys. Yeah, edutechguys. You can also catch David at David and Art. And one day we'll get Brett on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. He's more of the behind the scenes. Uh, I think we've determined he's today's roadie is what it is. That's pretty much what it is. He's a tech guy. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, the audio today will be a little weird. This is a, a glass room with three glass walls and a hard floor. So it's a little baggy-baggy. Hey, I, I think it gives us that great stereo uh, symphonic hall sound. <laughs> it, it is a little baggy room. Uh, I, there's a lot of background noise. We've got folks uh, that are up here, and they're taking pictures out of this huge amber-tinted glass window that uh, overlooks the Mississippi River. Hey, if you'll check out the Twitter account or the website, you'll find some uh, great pictures of that. Looks pretty and good. And I think we're on Periscope. Have we started Periscope? Oh, I, I don't, don't think know. we started the Periscope. Okay, well, we'll, we'll be on Periscope, Periscope eventually. And we are uh, still, still 20,000 leagues below the sea at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Periscope. <laughs> Uh, but uh, as Jeff mentioned, um, we're going to talk about uh, IBM did a, a pretty interesting presentation this morning to kick off uh, the, uh, the day's events uh, and their rollout um, and, and their move to Mac, or as they slowly make the move toward Mac. Um, but we're also going to talk a little bit about what is JAMP, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar. Um, we'll also, uh, we may talk a little bit about some of the sessions we've attended and um, get, see if we can get some uh, audience members to come and grab a seat and share their experience with us. So uh, it's going to be a great show. Yeah, this whole thing's been pretty good. Been some great sessions. Uh, I have. I don't know yep. about the rest of the guys. Absolutely. 
<laughs> you know, normally we can't get Greg to shut up here, but he's going to be the one-word guy the whole yes, time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. That's it. Yeah. We're getting there. I'm going to charge you for the second one. Yeah, if you've never, uh, if you if you don't know about Jam Software, they are the leading MDM in a Mac and iOS uh, uh, deployment and management. Uh, pretty much, I think they're the leading one. Yeah, yeah they're one exactly. of the largest. They're, they're at least, if not the leading, they're close second at the very least. Well, and actually, with their move with IBM, uh, where they're moving into with their deployment with IBM's move to Macs. Yes, right. that's what I said. IBM moved to Macs. That's going to make them even larger. And I believe Apple uses them also, don't they? Doesn't Apple use Jam? They use, yeah, Apple, or at least they have in the past. Uh, last time I heard that confirmed was several years ago. But yeah, in Apple stores, they actually manage all of the display devices with Champs uh, MBM. That's, that's pretty cool. awesome. Yeah, very cool. Well, it's pretty cool. That this uh, entire conference goes on for three days, uh, Tuesday through Thursday. Uh, the guys are great. Uh, Jamf, the whole thing is free. So actually, it's just the cost of getting here and getting a room to stay. The uh, entire conference is free. Uh, there's usually three uh, sessions per hour, and you usually get in three or four session hours each day. Sure. They feed you lunch, so you can't beat yeah. that. It's free food, so you know you can get to Jamf Conference, and you can actually have a pretty, pretty great uh, experience with your MDM. Well, and in addition to Casper, which is their that, that is their big software package um, for, uh, I mean, it can be used for any size deployment. Granted, but generally, it's aimed at um, not just larger deployments, but also if you need that kind of granular management. Right, exactly. Um, but they also have a program called Bushel, which is very uh, cool. I played around with it a little bit. Um, their Bushel product is aimed at organizations that only have uh, a handful of devices that they want to manage, and uh, it's all cloud-based, uh, and uh, you, uh, you set up your account for your organization, and then you can actually uh, set it up to where your users can simply self-enroll into the program, and then you can govern what is or is not managed. So really, you could use it just in terms of um, inventory management and not actually manage a thing on the devices, just have them enroll in the program right. and they'll just show up in your list. And that way, if you have employees that travel around and uh, use their devices on the road a lot, you can you know, you at least have an idea who's got it, where it might be located. Right. So, yeah, I've got a lot of folks coming out of the Dallas right now. If you're just now listening to us, we're on the ninth floor of the Guthrie's. Come up and see us. Uh, we're talking education, uh, technology, especially in relation to Jam software. How are you using it? What are you using it for in your school system? Are you doing Macs? Are you doing uh, iPads, iOS? Uh, are you doing both? Doing yeah. And uh, if, yeah, if you're out there and, and you're listening to us, uh, been following us maybe with the uh, hashtag JNUC. Uh, definitely come on out and uh, grab a seat, and uh, we'd love to hear how you're using the program uh, at your school of business. <laughs> and we all go, nobody. Right? The people reeling about that. Nobody's having yeah. a seat. I'm going to get. We need to get Michael Bradshaw to come over. Come on. Come on. Oh, come on, man. I appreciate it. You want to tell us how you're using Jane? No, I can't, I can't speak to uh, okay. that. All right, well. So, uh, listen, uh, we're on the ninth floor. Come up and see us. Uh, we'll move ahead in the show. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, let's talk about that IBM move to Mac. Right. So, pretty much what happened this morning was um, IBM was here. Uh, they've decided in June to allow their employees to choose what device they would like to use, uh, a PC or a Mac. And... Uh, they couldn't have done it, honestly, without the integration of Jam software, JSS, and Casper Suite. Uh, it wouldn't have happened for them. 
And um, the really interesting part is that the basic numbers of what's happened here is that uh, we're looking at about, was it 1,900 new Mac users a week or what have been uh, they've been bringing on board. It was in. Uh, it's yeah. like 166,000 Macs that their their folks have chosen. That's a lot of Macs. That's a lot of Macs. I think you've never thought that you would hear that IBM as a company would be using a Mac uh, to get their work done, but they found that their people enjoy the user experience. And I think it's one one of the themes here at Jamf this year is user experience. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, and, especially, and I, I think that's great because that's that's what Mac is about. What Apple is about. Right. Is user right. Experience. Well, and I think I think you know you look at um, the, the CEO uh, Jamf announced a brand new CEO uh, and uh, he came and spoke a little bit yesterday and you know between his talking about what they're looking in terms of user experience and at the IBM presentation um, I thought it was very cool that they showed some screenshots of what their onboarding process used to look like compared to what it looks like now and it is so much more user friendly I mean it's and, and by that, yes, it means it's point-and-click icons and it's single, you know, one search box instead of this whole page full of links that you might or might not have a clue what they're talking about. Uh, it, it, that makes a big difference. Oh, I agree. Tremendously. Tremendously makes it big. I think that was the interesting part is the customization that they did yes. was really pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was... Uh, the reason it was cool is because they, they were showing their previous imaging Yeah. And it, you're right, it was just like stripped down to bare bones so that you know, there's nothing to it. The interesting part too was looking at their help desk numbers. Uh, mm -hmm. They were showing that, you know, their help desk was comprised of like 40% of the PC users were constantly calling in. Yeah. And the, that, that number, the number for, for Mac was 3%. No, okay, no, I, I, no. By the same token, they've only been doing this since June. So you would hope there wouldn't be that many calls since June. But by the same token, yeah, uh, that percentage was so small. Right. Especially, you know, even though, yeah, you, you have a good point that, yeah, they're still rolling it out, so they have fewer Mac devices. But at the same time, it's a brand new device that some of them have probably never used before. And right. So the fact that it's still brand new, being freshly rolled out, there's going to be bugs and kinks and that sort of thing, and it's still at 3%, that's still pretty awesome. Right, yeah. yes, absolutely, yeah. Well, it was great to hear the way that they handled everything. You know, they were like, well, how do you force your people to use uh, the, uh, the um, uh, self-service? instead of it and it was great to go well you know if you want to buy it yourself and download it, right exactly or you More can click power it here for you. free and it's and it's you know one step click it and install it otherwise right. you put your user id in your apple id and go through the whole process uh, that was interesting too yeah. the other thing that they've done is just like what we do at hope you know, open up the package open the mac go through the steps Put in your username or whatever you're using there. We use we use email address username. Right, exactly. And it's configured. Yeah. And that's the end of it. Right. So you know that one was step deployment. One step deployment. Well, I, I do like the idea that um, that they they wanted to maintain the the that brand new Mac opening experience. Right. They thought that was very important that when when their users get their new MacBook, they're not just handed the MacBook, they're actually handed the shrink wrap box. Right, exactly. They have to open and they get the whole, you know, suction thing right. that Apple Brand spent a gazillion dollars to determine new. three seconds or whatever it is. You know. Right, exactly. And, and yes, and, and you know, 
and at this point, their their onboarding has evolved, as you've mentioned. You know, they just they turn it on, and that's you know, and it steps them through the whatever they call that, the setup buddy or Mac buddy or whatever buddy buddy system it is. I don't know what it's called, uh, whatever. But um, you know, but they still go through that setup process just as if it were their own Mac they were getting out of the box that they had purchased from the store. I, I, right. I think that's very important. And heck, from the IT side, the fact that you don't even have to take the box, the Macs out of the boxes, I mean, yeah. you just get the pallet drop shipped to your site. <laughs> it's like, okay, have at it, you yes. know. Yes. We, have the, we have the serial numbers already from the order, you know, yeah. and they're all in DEP. And uh, JSS doesn't support it yet, but in probably in their next point release, uh, El Capitan has some additional features for ensuring, currently if you take a, a Mac directly out of the box and it's in the uh, device enrollment program, Apple's DEP, uh, it does automatically push down the, uh, the quick add package so that your machine is enrolled automatically, but it does it after you've gotten to the desktop. And so if you were super concerned about security or anything along those lines, they have you know a minute or two before it actually gets enrolled and has all of your management stuff on it that someone could potentially do something you know if you wanted to take you know these devices don't have an asset tag yet because they're fresh out of the box so it's like oh I don't I never got managed this is not my machine you know uh -huh. that sort of thing. but with the new El Capitan features you can uh, actually hold it at the setup assistant so it never gets to the desktop before all of the management and software oh. has been pushed down so they never even get to the desktop before it's managed it's got all of the it's got the management framework on there so all software can be pushed down all configurations are loaded everything's locked down uh, plus in the current version of the Mavericks uh, set up through DEP you you start out and you get an administrative account on the machine you know you've got the little setup assistant that says oh, type in your name and your password right. and you start out with an administrative account sure if you want users to start out with a limited user account or even don't even have a local account on the box at all but just use a uh, an LDAP, uh, an Active Directory account, or whatever. Sure. That's now configurable in El Capitan, so they can start out with a limited user account, or they can just have—they never have any local account at all. They just log in with their Active Directory credentials. That's very cool. So yeah, we're yeah. we're getting real close to just perfect out of the box, instantaneous. Yeah, leave it in the shrink wrap and heck, go to town. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. You know, Greg, talk about I, IBM didn't talk about their pushing of software. Most of that's in their self-service. Right. What's your preference? I mean, what do you think about it? I th I'd like to, personally, I like to have a default set of applications that we push. So Google Chrome, Google, uh, Google Drive, the synchronization client. Uh, in some cases, like labs and stuff, I'll push out uh, more software, like if we know that they've got something that requires uh, Adobe Flash or Java or something along those lines, I'll default push those so as soon as the lab device is reloaded, they get that instantly. Um, and I think there's a handful of other applications that we default oh we default push antivirus so just because we have noticed this is one of those one of those things that's you know a point of contention between different administrators is whether or not you push antivirus to Max but we do right uh, because we have seen a couple of infections uh, so we push antivirus right at, right out of the box and aside from that I think we do leave pretty much everything in self-service everything from printers to VPN configuration profiles yeah. to and you can even package just regular files if you've got like templates for a class and they need a bunch of document templates you can package those up and have those pushed down into individual user directories or 
it's it's a very flexible system. That's very cool. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, someone asked a question about Active Directory, and he said, "We don't use Active Directory." <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that the whole was place funny. was like, that was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> "That's great." The <laughs> other uh, one of the other things, you know, going back to um, security and, and user roles on the device when you open it up, um, there was a question about uh, how much control were the users given uh, when they opened the box. And IBM said they get full control. Right, Mac exactly. PC, give them full, full control. Full why you know, why would you not give them administrator rights on the local machine? Exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, there was dead silence. I finally, I, I'll be just. I'll, Greg, I'll, yeah, yeah, he, David actually started the class. I, I started the class. <laughs> the, the people around me all you know thought I was insane. But seriously, <laughs> I, you know. So we why, actually, we actually believe that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We give all of our teachers full administrative rights. Yeah. Whenever we were deploying student machines, we give the students full administrative rights, which, yeah. you know, that, that got a few raised eyebrows yeah. from other <laughs> yes. administrators. It's like, yeah. your students? Are you crazy? You know, right? uh, but yeah, yeah. The, e- even though there are a handful, we, whenever we first rolled out our, uh, oh, suddenly the word left my, new tech, our new tech program, we ha- all of our students had individual one-to-one MacBook Airs. Um, we debated whether or not to give them full administrative rights or to give them limited rights. And we decided we'll start out with administrative rights and see if we have any problems with it, you know, and if, if necessary, we'll, we'll rein back. I think we had in the first two or three months, we had like two issues that were related yeah. to administrative rights. Yeah, you know, I, you know exactly. it's just not, I don't know. I, my, my mentality is you let folks have that control over some of the little personalization kind of things. Right. And, for the most part, they're not going to go digging around, mucking around and stuff they're not right. supposed to. Yeah, okay, maybe accidentally, or yes, there's a potential you've opened the door to something malicious happening, but okay, so then you, you know, whatever, re-image the machine or right. scrap it out and have them re-enroll if, or whatever. I if mean, you we know. were something besides education, if we were business, to where there wasn't any legitimate need for people to be able to install their own applications and that sort of thing, okay, maybe we'll limit the rights. But we're education. We want to enable people to actually come up with their own solutions. And, sure. and pursue their their own education, their self edu- the ability to self educate. Where you go, I'm interested in X Y Z. I have a Mac here. I can do all sorts of right. stuff. Let me download exactly. some software that does the thing, and and we'll take it from there. Yes. Plus, yes. that takes a lot of IT out of the equation. Where before we, you know, even though packaging software uh, on OS 10 is very quick and very easy, especially compared to Windows. I remember some of the the nonsense of trying to get MSIs built and deployed whenever yeah. we were a Windows shop, and it took forever. Ever. Yes. Um, that was mainly because I'm an idiot, but that does <laughs> <a lot. laughs> But yeah, the, the, even though it's very fast, it's still, you know, you've got to hand off to IT to get applications installed. So you got to say, okay, I need this thing. I, you go back and forth with IT over email. But giving users the ability to, to even beyond just self-service, the, the application where they can go and get, get things that are already prepackaged by IT by choice, the fact that they can just go out to the internet and say, this is an application that I think will solve my problem and install it. Well, and and the, the speakers from IBM addressed those issues as well and said, you know, we have we have basically a, a list of apps. List is wrong, but I mean, in self-service, right. you know, we have these accepted apps. Right. And if you want an app outside of that, it is in their policy that says you go through these procedures to request it. Yes, you... you Chrome was used as an example. What right. if they want Chrome? Okay, so let's just assume Chrome's not on the list. Right. You want Chrome. Yes, they could go download Chrome and put it on their machine because they have the rights to do that. However, according to policy, they don't have the right to do that. According to their 
their handbook policy, they have to go follow XYZ procedure. Right. You know, they don't follow the procedure, that's a whole nother issue. Right. You know, it kind of gets, frankly, I think it goes back to a lot of the issues that we tend to see in education as well, where, you know, you have a, a student who does something inappropriate and immediately people want to blame the technology. No. Right. Or, or at a, least, or at least a, fix it with technology. Or fix it with technology. Right, yeah. And no, this is a, say, disciplinary issue. This is a violation of handbook issue. Right. It's no different than if they had done something equivalent without the technology. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. Just what do you like, know? They draw a dirty picture. What, what do you, break all their pencils? Well, I don't know. You, know? <laughs> you mean, put padlocks on the pencils. Padlocks you lock them the in the pencils. wall. Exactly. Right, yeah. I, you, know, so, you tether them to the wall. But, but I thought it was interesting that, they, that that's one of the ways, um, that he, that's one of the things that he talked about in terms of having open administrative access in terms of adding software. The other side of the coin that he addressed was, yes, out of the box when an employee shows up, they are given full administrative rights on that machine. Now, if that person is involved with a particular, say, governmental project, right. and that governmental project guidelines dictate the user can only have so many rights to do this or do that, he right. said, that takes precedent, right, and exactly. therefore, that's going start, to be the rule. Start you know? open and progress to, uh, exactly. to only as limited as it needs to be, rather than the other way where you start right. with absolute maximum lockdown, and then if you beg, plead, and you know, right. slip us a $10 bill under the table, we might give you administrative right. exactly. alerts. <laughs> exactly. So I thought that was very interesting and, and really well articulated the way he addressed both of that, both scenarios of security for the end users. Right. And the fact... Uh, one of the things that the JSS can do to enable this sort of thing is even in education, we occasionally have problems with a teacher contacts us about XYZ student who is, you know, okay, they aren't paying attention, they're goofing off, they're playing Minecraft. You know, that, right. that's, that's the common complaint is they're playing Minecraft whenever they shouldn't be. Is there anything we can do about it? Uh, and the fact, even though students have administrative rights on these machines, you can actually blacklist applications sure. in JSS. And it, as soon as they, it's really funny to watch over remote desktop. So, you know, you, you, set, the, you set the blacklist and then you, then, you, then you start watching them just to see the reaction. But you can actually blacklist applications and it instantly quits it. Yeah. And you can even set it to delete the application after it's been launched. Well, so they, yeah, launch, they launch Minecraft, it shuts down, and then all of a sudden it's gone. And so. what's so funny about that is they talked about blacklisting and he said that off the top of his head, the only program that he can think of that is blacklisted was BitTorrent. No, oh, yeah. That one's, that one's, I think that one is bla blacklisted on ours as well, just because it's such a firewall evasion. You yes, know, so it you know. evades firewalls so well. You know, such a, such a, it's such a nightmare. It just, it, you know, theoretically, there's nothing wrong with BitTorrent in and not of itself. With, no, not it's, with the protocol, it's no. The stuff you're getting from it. As a matter of fact, the, the, the protocol is actually quite awesome. The fact that it can go around firewalls, you know. Right. There's actually an application called BitTorrent Sync, which is sort of like it's like a Dropbox or a Google Drive, mm. and it uses the BitTorrent protocol, but instead of going to a cloud managed destination, you've actually got it on each of your individual machines, and it just goes directly machine to machine. Oh, oh wow. And it even is smart enough to know that if you're on the same local area network, it doesn't go out to the internet first, it goes directly machine to machine. Uh, and it's so handy because you know if you've got a lot of stuff and you don't want to pay for you know how many dollars a month it is to get enough storage on right. one of these storage providers you can just install BitTorrent sync on your devices and as long as you don't wander onto a network that has you know a million red flags for BitTorrent because all of a sudden <laughs> you'll show up as the guy with BitTorrent running it's actually a fantastic application no no I'm using this legitimately I swear. <laughs> sure I swear. sure let's throw you drag I'll you off to the slammer what's he talking about exactly Man, yeah, very cool. Hey, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. 
We're coming to you live from the ninth floor of the Guthrie in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, at the JAMP conference, we're going to drop out to a quick uh, commercial break real fast on our ASCA promo, and we'll be back in about 30 seconds. Join EduTech Guys Live from the 30th Annual AESA Conference in New Orleans, December 2nd through the 5th. We'll be providing day-by-day -day coverage as we talk with presenters, attendees, and members of education service agencies from around the nation. Get rid of the noise and listen to the music with EduTech Guys Live, December 2nd through the 5th. Brought to you by Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative, Hope Public Schools, and the Association of Education Service Agencies. Oh, I'm muted. There we go. <laughs> Uh, you can't hear me when I'm talking to myself. That's, that's, there you go. Uh, there but, we go. Uh, we appreciate you listening. You're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. Dot com. Dot com. That's forever going to be. It is. It's like, it's like the new You've Got Mail. <laughs> you've Got Mail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of, you can email us. Uh, I am david at edutechguys.com. And with, there's Jeff and Greg. Each think, of us. I think I've got an Edutech alias for Greg. Guys. I don't think I'll log in with that. I don't know. Whatever. We'll set one up. We'll, yeah. we'll set one up. Yeah, Greg, Greg Gregory, Schmeggery, something. That guy with the hat. Tech guy at Edutech Guys. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know, this <laughs> Two Canoes is here. And Two Canoes has been doing stuff with uh, iBeacons. Drive, drive oh, they, oh, yeah. They've also got iBeacons stuff, too. Yeah. Are they talking about that in one of the sessions? Did I miss? Uh, they just did. They oh, just really? Did. Okay, they, they, they just finished the session on uh, iBeacons. Okay, that's uh, right. That's what was going on over yeah. there. Yeah, we're actually looking to leverage some iBeacons where we're going. But yeah, at Hope Public Schools, trying to get some, some iBeacon-related stuff. Uh, and I think probably one of the, the most common uh, use cases that we hear bantered about for iBeacons is printers. You put an iBeacon near a printer in a copy room or whatever, and all anybody has to do with a Mac is they walk up with their Mac, and it automatically installs the printer and the driver and everything. So you don't have to go to self-service. At the point, you don't even have to have it pushed or go in self-service. It just automatically installs as soon as you get close enough, which is pretty darn nifty. That That is pretty darn nifty. I, I'm not... I don't know. <laughs> I'd rather just double click an icon in self-service and let it install than have to carry my Mac all the way out to my copier. For right, it exactly. To, you know, just, you know but it. you could do it both ways. It's so, just me. Uh, you, know, you know, that way if, if, you did, if you did go near, near the copier and you didn't have it installed, like you're True. in another building or whatever, yeah, that is an option. Or if you, if you happen to be walking around campus and every copier you walk past suddenly <laughs> installed on yes, your Yes, exactly. You want, to have, you want to have that iBeacon <laughs> cut way down in your power. <laughs> I have 47 copiers installed on my machine, and I have no idea why. So that, that does bring up an interesting question, though. Can you, can you uninstall when you get away from the iBeacon? I believe you can scope. I believe it, you can work it both ways, but I, 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 don't quote me on that because you know, uh, we're, I hear you. We're, st we're still demoing that and working with it in our own environment. That, so. would, that, that could actually be cool yeah. but, you know, in a way. That way you don't have a bazillion copiers. Every one you ever got near... Like, don't take your MacBook into the room. It'll install the copier. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> don't take it with you. And don't forget tonight here at, uh, in Minneapolis is the uh, JNUC party. There'll be shuttles running from most of the yeah. hotels, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah now you got to do a show your badge to get access to the shuttle. Is it tonight? I thought they usually have it on the last night. It's, no, it's tonight. tonight. Okay. Tonight's oh. the last really night. Oh, that's right, yeah. because yeah. people will be leaving. 
And uh, this year, it's at the Victory Theater, the old Victory Theater. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll actually be able to find it this time. Last year, when we came, we wandered around for an hour trying to find the thing. <laughs> we have That's where they needed an eye beacon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. yes. Google Maps led us all around this particular building where we are right now. Yeah, literally there around. There were a whole bunch of us walking around with... <laughs> looking at our maps going, it yeah. says it's right here. I don't under what I don't exactly. understand. Exactly. It wasn't us, right? Just yes, exactly. That's right. Yeah. Not just us. Just that's a little right. bit of so, everybody. But, uh, that's great. We've Sweet. got uh, a decent crowd of folks kind of hanging out and chatting with each other. In defense of everyone, uh, it's 4 o'clock and uh, everything shuts home. down at 4. Yeah, so everybody's starting to head out. Yep. Which is cool. You know, we don't have to do a long show. So we're doing it live, period. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. We still got stuff we can talk about. We still, I was, got, I, we still I got stuff just, in the I'm show notes. I'm just making an observation. <laughs> and we're going to shut it down. All right, everybody. Oh, Thank yeah. you. I'm like, what the? <laughs> I didn't know. I was just, no, no, I was just saying. Me. No, I was just me. saying there's a lot of people milling about. But we haven't had any guests. I was hoping somebody would come on and tell us, you know, what they're doing. So if you're out there and you happen to be tuned in, um, you know, stop by. Ninth floor, the Guthrie, and the Amber Box. Uh, you can't miss us. We're set up in the corner and pretty much... Uh, talking louder than anyone else here so yeah. there you go yes <laughs> right of way by volume that's right exactly um but uh no we we want to hear your your jamf story how are you using jamf products in your uh business in your school district uh what have you so feel free to come by grab a chair we got a nice cool microphone here waiting for you so out of the sessions that you've attended so far what would you say was what are the takeaways that you've had so far um, that I am an idiot. <laughs> well, besides that one, <laughs> uh, and and I, you know, I I'm not an idiot. No, not at all. Not, not really. Um, but there's there's uh, my takeaway. I, I have a lot to learn. Uh, I really do. I mean, that's you know that was my big takeaway. But um, to expand on that particular premise, I, it amazes me just how versatile. Um, Casper can be. Oh, yes. I, I mean, it really, it, seeing the different ways that different organizations are using the software to right. to handle whatever the problem is that they're trying to solve, I mean, that, that to me has just been incredible. And how, um, for lack of a better word, open, and I don't necessarily mean open as an open source, but open-ended, um, the software can be in terms of, yeah, we can write a script and it'll do this. And we right. can pull this from here and pull that from here and put a script together. And, and when we put this A and B together, it makes C and therefore we can push out D. And I mean, it's like, holy cow. <laughs> and, and so that my big takeaway really is, it's just really how versatile it really is. Casper I'm, I'm is. I'm still learning new ways of doing things. And I've, we've been using it for what, three, four or five years now. And it's just it has it has very flexible primitives where you can you've got various little de- things that you can string together in a row and all of a sudden it does something incredible and it's yeah. just it's really 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 nice yeah it's just amazing I mean it really is yeah I think some of the the big takeaways so far that I've had uh, this is being our our third year that we've been here and we've been using the J the JSS for a while we've we've covered a lot of the basics at Hope Public Schools so but there are a lot of I think one of the best things that I like about coming here is you get to you get to hear about all the other things that can go with the JSS. These oh, yeah. little these little tools and services and websites and that sort of thing that they fill the little hole that the JSS doesn't fill by itself. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the, the the last session I was in uh, was the what do they say? 
It was about making your JSS more resilient to failures or being more distributed. They, they used the, the analogy of the starfish, how you can cut off an arm of a starfish and it, it, it just regrows the arm. Uh, so one of, the, one of the tools they talked about was something called Okta, O-K-T-A. Okay. Um, and it's an identity management service. And you can actually put all of your users, groups, and that sort of thing in Okta and have it pushed down to Active Directory. So you can actually put all of your user identity management stuff in the cloud. Um, and particularly for businesses that are highly distributed all around the world. Sure. Uh, I think it was uh, it was Eventbrite who was actually oh, okay. giving the actually giving the talk. It. Yeah, and they've got you know offices all over the world. Sure. Uh, and the fact that it makes it much more resilient um, because and more cloud based because you don't have to have Active Directory. Are, you aren't totally dependent on Active Directory. If Active Directory goes away, and you know, even by, its, by itself, Active Directory is pretty darn resilient. Mm -hmm. But there are still times where replication goes awry or whatever. Sure. And having all of your users, accounts, and groups, and that sort of thing in Okta means that even if your Active Directory infrastructure you know, all went up in flames altogether, you can just reinstall another, uh, another uh, Microsoft Windows server and pop Active Directory on there and pull all of your user accounts and groups and that sort of stuff back from Okta. Uh, and it sounds like it has some really powerful user management stuff, like users can reset their passwords, they can do se essentially self-service password change and that sort of thing through Okta anywhere on the face of the earth That's and that sort cool. of thing. Wow. It looked really cool and really powerful. You guys can see it at Okta, O-K-T-A dot com. Um, and it, it, I'm, I'm very least going to go poking around it. I don't know if Hope Public Schools will wind up using it, but, sure, it's, but it's definitely intriguing. That's very cool. Huh. And so, yeah, aside from that, it's been just like all these weird little libraries and command line utilities. Yes. And again, it's, it's about the primitives that you can string together yeah. because it, the JSS has all these individual little pieces that work really well whenever you've got just a little tiny bit of glue in between them, a little bit of script, a little bit of, you know, yeah. some sort of automation, yeah. a little bit of bash, a little bit of Python, that sort of, sort of thing. And then it's, it's just really amazing what people have done and can do with just a little bit of, of glue. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very cool. It's very cool. I, yeah, I just posted the Octo uh, website on the Twitter. On cool. the Twitter. On the Twitter. The. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, another. I don't know if it's a, it's a takeaway or not. Um, an observation. Uh, that that I'm going to make um, is that I fully believe that you two. For as long as you've been doing this and the stuff you are doing, um, frankly, uh, you guys should be <laughs> the ones on stage. Uh, you know, and not necessarily at we the actually, big stage, okay, right, exactly. but Somewhere. certainly leading some of these sessions. And I mean that in all seriousness. I mean, you know, some of the things that even even as we've been in different sessions and 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 I've been listening to you guys talk about, well, we're already doing that, or oh yeah, we could do it that way, or. Yeah, we had that problem and we solved it this way, even though somebody may have solved it a different way. Right. The stuff that you guys have been doing, and, really, and again, for as long as you've been doing it, I, I mean, you guys seriously need to consider presenting. I think we actually we talked about it last year. And, you know, yeah. just we get busy with all the random sure. day to day stuff, sure. and then all of a sudden, no, oh, it's here again. Oh, <laughs> well, okay, I guess we missed <laughs> Which, that opportunity. And that is a valid point. Yeah, that's true. But, you know. But yeah, there, and there are so many different ways to solve so many different problems. Sure. Even the same problems, there's like 16, 17. There's a bunch of different ways that you can solve it. And again, we're talking about primitives here where it's just because you've got all these individual pieces and you can swap out certain pieces right. and you, get, you can solve the same problem in so many different ways. You know, I, I don't claim the fact that we're 
I don't claim that we're any sort of geniuses, but the fact that just another different way to do it. Sure. Um, and I think that's that's been kind of proven out by the different uh, the different sessions that we've attended, where it's just like, oh yeah, we encountered that problem, we solved it completely differently. Right. Right. But it was, you know, it's that's another option. Um, sure. So yeah, I think just having just having more options is an interesting way of, of looking at it. And yeah. man, they could definitely pack in some more sessions. Uh, yeah, that I, I would say that's one of the uh, one of my concerns. Right, I don't want to call yeah. it a complaint. Right, it's a bit strong, but yeah, we know where. But you're going. definitely a concern is that um, there were there were periods, many many more sessions periods last. Of, Periods year. of downtime this year, um, and and this year they you know they've really cut back on the number of sessions, and, and and I don't know you know we haven't talked to them we don't know why that that is the case I don't know if it's a lack of presenters I don't know or if it's a lack maybe of they available space maybe they were trying know. to make more room for the uh, mini events uh, maybe uh, you know it could be you know we, we don't know the answer to that you know at this point in time but right. um, I, I do I do hope that future JNUX uh, go back to that expanded right. during the day breakout session. Um, as you mentioned, there's now the downtime, um, you know, that, that kind of can cut both ways. What th those periods of, of not being in sessions, ideally, theoretically, um, are used to network. Right, exactly. So, you know, you're sharing your ideas with other folks that have been using JSS. And, yeah. and Let's see, who so. have we talked to? We, I, I talked to a guy who works for a biotechnology firm um, who's spread all over the globe. I think you, has, you talked to someone with Cray Supercomputers. Yeah, we had lunch with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then last year we talked with somebody with was Disney, mm -hmm. um, and we've had presenters from Facebook. So I mean, mm -hmm. these these are the big names. I mean, where you can just go and network with. Oh yeah, I work for Facebook, and you know, you try not to let your jaw drop. You know. <laughs> well, and by the same token, uh, you know, also um, districts, school districts oh, from yeah. from everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, everywhere. Yeah, you know, uh, local folks for sure uh, in and around. Uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, um, and, and other parts of Minnesota, but then, uh, you know, school districts from Poland and exactly. You know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Yes, all the different folks that. And that's you one encounter. thing that the uh, that the C the new CEO covered in his little keynote yeah. bit was the fact that yeah, one of the biggest markets for the JSS is education, and yeah. the fact that they're actually focusing on education. Uh, they they were planning on focusing on a couple of new what do they call what do they call it verticals or whatever, and right. education was at the top of the list, followed by medical and construction and that sort of. thing. Yes, yes. Because yeah, education uses the heck out of the JSS for right. both for its Mac administration side and particularly for its iOS administration. Just because every student's got an iPad and if it's not administrated, you know, they, they go wandering their own ways. <laughs> and even when they are being administrated, they <laughs> yes, their own yes, ways, it is so, a constant yeah. battle. So I don't know if uh, so you anybody in the room care to come and have a seat and talk about how you're using your. Jamf software, Casper, JSS. No, Anyone? everybody's like, we're not getting like, radio. We're not really here. <laughs> the Invisibles. Ah, a tour. Ah, a tour. So you listen to radio.itchetakeguys.com or coming from the Jamf software conference, JNUC Nation National Users Conference. Yes. From Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, we're on the ninth floor of the Guthrie. If you want to stop by and tell us how you're using uh, Jamf software in your company in your educational setting. We'd like to discuss that with you as we're on the air live right now for another 22 minutes. Yeah, man. Hey, we're just you know hanging, hanging out, having out. a good time, and, uh, <laughs> and so uh, we'll take a break here in a second. Drop to some music. Um, anything we're missing? Uh, you know, that's a big one here. New CEO. Yes, yes, and that was I, 
Whenever he first came out, I will admit my first gut reaction was, oh no. Just because, you know, anytime you have a change in leadership, it can mean a change in direction for the company. And sure. we have loved JF Software so much so far. It's just like, you couldn't, it's, we were considered, it's like, okay, you're already at 90%. There's no way you can take it beyond 90%, <laughs> you know. This, it's all downhill from here. So, but after, I, I will admit, after the first, like, two or three minutes in, I was, you know, I was sold. He definitely gets the... Uh, the idea of Jam mm -hmm. Software, uh, and, and he's definitely, I think they made an excellent choice in their CEO. Well, and, and I think it's important to to make mention that they did not have one right. before. Right. You know, it was they had just, founders, but no CEO. Right, but no yeah. CEO. So this was the first time they were stretching out and, and putting in a person in that position to help them with strategic planning the and budgeting. Side. and the, Yeah, the business side. I, th I think that's probably the main gist of it is I think the revenue is about to triple, <laughs> or, you know, especially with the IBM input and you know, yeah. where they're moving. That would be my guess. And they've mm -hmm. added how many more that. employees this year? Like 100 more employees well, yeah, or something? Yeah, because you know, now they're up they're to, to 500. 500. Yep. Yeah, so. yeah, so they're just, just growing at the same rate that people are right. using it. So yeah. Sure. Well, you know, an unnamed staffer <laughs> with Jim said to me, I said, so has IBM offered to buy you guys yet? And he said, no, I think it's come across a few times, but <laughs> Apple wouldn't be very happy with them if they oh. did that. So that makes a lot of sense in that move right there. But I think it's probably down the road. So uh, you would, for all intents and purposes, you would have to assume the way companies work, especially companies these days. Right, you know, revenue, big fish so. eat up the little fish. So, right. You know. Eat up the little fish. But... Uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, where things go under his yeah. leadership. And he's he's only been in place since June, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, he's only had a couple of months. June, so yeah, so yeah. That's funny. There's a lot of stuff that happens in June. I don't know what that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, always June. That's interesting. IBM and the oh right, IBM thing. started their thing in June. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, you're listening to Radio uh, .com. We're going to jump out to a quick uh, featured artist. This is Nick C. Uh, just a quick musical interlude here while we uh, gather our thoughts. We'll be back in about four minutes. There's a win your only face, and I know it's true. Digits. 
told me And now what you meant Hey, you're listening to uh, Edutech Guys, company radio.edutechguys.com. Coming to the ninth floor of the Guthrie. Uh, pretty neat thing happens here during JF is they do these mini events. And we're a mini event. Um, we are a mini event. Uh, we don't have as many uh, many event attendees that we thought we would, but that's cool. <laughs> we're still glad to be here doing this broadcast. You can catch us on podcast, too, on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, type in Edutech Guys, and check out the podcast. What's really great is um, we're good. Yeah, that was the song. Never mind. <laughs> I thought it was starting over again. That was my bad. Sorry. I can't hear what you can hear, so I, yeah, it's okay. I thought the song had started over. Sorry. I'll shut up now. <laughs> so uh, right now happening here, it's pretty neat. What a great place to start a walking tour is on the ninth floor of the, uh, the Guthrie. Because in this room we're in, if you'll check out our Twitter feed or check out the website, we'll maybe put up a quick blog post with some pictures. Nice gallery. be kind of nice. Yeah. Um, we're sitting in a cool room that is a three-sided glass box, uh, and it's it's a it's a yeah. If you're if you're on, uh, Periscope, you're on Periscope right Periscope, now, you yeah. can see it live. Yeah, um, Greg's going to slowly pan because <laughs> otherwise it'll make you sick as a dog. Um, but uh, you but can uh, yeah, the Mississippi River from here. Yeah, you can see St. Paul. You can see all of St. Paul. All of St. Paul. Uh, so you can see most of the riverfront here um, by the park. It's a pretty neat place. But it's, it's a, but it's a very, very cool room. Uh, I mean, it's a very neat room. Um, and it actually has uh, a piece of plexiglass in the floor. And so you can actually look down through the floor as well, which is uh, giving a few people pause. So it's <laughs> But I will say that the tour guide just jumped on the pane of, of plexiglass or whatever that is. So it's obviously pretty stable. He, he did not go through. Yeah, well, at lunch they had a table with like 10 guys sitting at it over ah. that whole floor, so it, it held. So, un- unlike the elevator that we were on. 
Yeah, earlier David and I were in the elevator and it overloaded and it went up a few floors and then bounced and dropped. <laughs> and then it down. was frightening. That's awesome. Luckily, luckily we that. had luckily we had a staff member who had a badge and she could, could get force the, the elevator floor. to the fourth floor. Oh man, it was, it was scary. Wow, I'm sorry I missed that. It was like our own little version of uh, the. the Haunted. Yes, exactly. Whatever the, the thing is at Disney World, you know, the, the, the elevator ride haunted. Uh, oh, I can't believe I can't think of what the name of the stupid. <laughs> I'm talking about. Oh, the Tower of Terror. Tower, Tower of Terror. Of it terror. was our own yes. Tower of Terror. Yeah. You know, it's Disney. I don't know that kind of I stuff. <laughs> well, obviously, I don't either. But anyway. <laughs> I would know it. I, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Never mind. We were all singing Toy Story. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. Exactly. As I put on my Mickey Mouse here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one thing tonight is the party, Jamf uh, Nation party, a Jay Nuck yes. party at the, uh, which, which theater? The Varsity? Oh, so the Varsity? I thought it was the Victory. Varsity. It is Varsity. Varsity Theater. It's yeah. V something theater. It's the V theater. Just, just look for the V something theater. I'm so sure. Look for the aliens running around. <laughs> oh, there's an old reference for you. Ooh, that wasn't old reference. Uh, v, huh? Okay. Um, no, I think it is Varsity. It is Varsity Theater. Thank um, you. And uh, so, yeah, they're having the uh, the Jamf Nation Jamf Nation party thing going on over there. Um, I just lost what I was going to say. Holy cannolis. <laughs> it happens even to the guys uh, on the radio. Man, uh, you know. So Anyway, what, I'll tell you what. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm changing topics altogether or whatever. Jump the rails. I, I'm jumping the shark. Um, <laughs> and uh, just to let you guys know, um, for those who haven't seen uh, any of our posts yet about it, uh, we have officially been accepted uh, to present... A session at SWOW Schools wow. Without Walls in Hot Springs. That's going to be in November, and then December second through the fifth, uh, we are going to be at AESA. Excuse me, the AESA conference in New Orleans. No. So uh, we've got all kinds of cool stuff coming up. We'll be able to. Uh, you'll be able to see us live, hear us live. Um, Wish that you didn't see us live. Go back to the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, you could see us live. If you're there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so a lot of cool stuff uh, coming up uh, for the uh, Edgy Tech guys. Yeah. So I have a question for you guys, and I'm just gonna, not have it in the show notes. I'm just throw it out there. So we're gonna have this live. What would you guys like to see at JNUC next year? What do you think they could have changed or improved? You're setting I, me up. I, I, know, I, I, I would like. Here, I would like to see you guys present. Frankly, I would. Seriously. I, I seriously think that the best thing that could happen to the JNUT convention is there are a lot of education people here. A lot of education people here. And I think that the smaller organizations that are here, um, it's funny we, we say smaller organizations. Any educational organization can tell you that they have lots of holes and lots of manpower that needs to be filled. But, you know, one thing that's not covered here, that's not covered here, that's not, <laughs> that's not covered here is uh, a lot of these people show up for the first time and they maybe just initiated JAMP or they've only been using a JSS for two years. Right. It would be great to have some breakout workshops. I understood that on the eighth floor this year they had some classrooms set aside for work areas. You know, there are a ton of educators that are here, educate, education IT guys, that would love to do some 45-minute breakout sessions on, hey, here's how you build this, or here's how you profile this, or you need to create a report for this, or right, you want to create exactly. a smart group for this, or here's the, you know, here's... Best, best practices and basics. Yeah, I think that, I think that if, the, if Dean, the new CEO, is serious about what he says about education, which, in my opinion, is what funded and built Jamf, 
that's what made Jamf what it is. They're the ones that were. Heck, they started in education. They started. It was higher education. It was higher education, but it was still education. But you know, I'm pretty pretty much sure you could probably look at that. It trickles in. There's a lot of money coming from the education sector. That's who's using this as a majority. Um, They could really make this a little more education centric. In my opinion, you could probably blow this thing out to a week. You could probably make the first two days, and that's something I know they don't want to be like Microsoft, but Microsoft always used to have the developers come in for the first two or three days of tech ed or a week, and then the next week was the next group. Right. I think you could do that here where you had the first two or three days, um, the uh, developers and you know the business end of it and that kind of stuff, the folks that want to get the nitty-gritty. Greg wants to come in and do the nitty-gritty and get right. his hands dirty. And then starting Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, it kind of overlaps while they're still here. The education crews come in, sure, and they get you know a little. That Wednesday is like a really great day where they're all mixing and meddling and having some open forums and learning about each other. And the Thursday and Friday are all education centric, you know, right? Just blowing it out of the water. Well, that's just my opinion. So, do you think maybe um, they need a lack of a better word, a dedicated education conference instead, maybe? I mean, you know, JNUC is kind of everybody. I mean, it's it's the Jamf Nation user conference. Right, I mean, exactly. it's anybody who's using it. Everybody come and show up. Right. So do you think maybe there needs to, and maybe not separate. I, I, you know, I can see where maybe, you know, it, there's it a lo- builds there's on a couple of days or whatever. There's but I mean, a lot of overlap. I mean, okay. it, because there is, you know, a lot of, again, because the, the, the JSS is built with, with lots of little pieces that can be implemented sure. in so many different ways, a lot of what businesses have to do is very similar to what education has to do. True, true. Um, so I don't know if a, if a dedicated conference for education would be justified, for lack of a better word. But, yeah, I do think that they could have some, some more education-focused portions. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that also... If, and if they didn't do it in that way where it was, you know, the actual dedicated couple of days, right. per se, um, kind of going back to what we were talking about before, more sessions right. and maybe education-focused sessions. Right. You know, yeah, here's some of the stuff that we that we kind of do, and kind of some, stuff, some of the stuff that we saw right. and that we have seen. It's not over yet. Um, and, and, and some of the things that are going on. Uh, tomorrow as well, but in addition to that, we've got these sessions, and they are education focused. Right. Um, I, I think know, one of the things that I would like to see is have them run the Jumpstart Pro. So, for those not familiar with the JSS and Jamf, um, whenever you buy their product the first time, it comes with uh, with what they call the Jumpstart, which is two guys who come to your site for three days, and they walk you through everything about the JSS. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that they could they could probably run like two three jump starts during the week for those people for like in our case whenever we went through the jump start <coughs> only I went through the jump start um, so as we've continued to use the JSS more and more it's become more and more central to what we do the rest of our team could use going through their maybe not Jeff but you know but the, the guys who who missed out the first time around could probably use going. And getting the jump start as well to go. Okay, here's here's the basics. Here's how the whole thing works. That way, whenever they go to these sessions, they don't go. Okay, I get all this high level stuff and I understand it, but I'm missing some of the foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, just because not everyone who comes is going to be the same guys who went through the jump start. So no, well, and you know they talked about how what was it like? I don't know. Almost fifty percent of the participants this were, year were, were the first, first year first year users. Exactly. You know, first year attendees, brand new users. And they brought team members who were in that exact same position. Right, exactly. You know, they didn't go through Jumpstart 
presumably. Right. Um, you know, so they they're getting you know this information that they don't have that basic foundation. I, I, you know, I've this is now my second one, um, and I don't we don't have it installed at the education service right. center at this point. Right. Um, I am looking at, at Bushel. Uh, as a way to possibly manage, you know, those devices. I don't, I don't, I don't need the same level right. of, it, it would of be a, depth it would, that it you would, guys have. It would, it would be, be a bonus. It would way be. overkill. But if I could see how Jumpstart works, then as other districts sign on, right, exactly. Or should something, you know, should something happen or whatever, and in, in, in you, you know, wanted another set of eyes to come look at it. Right. I would have a much better feel for exactly. what I was looking at. You know, right now I, I go look at it and go, yeah, that's great. I, you know, I, looks I understand good. the English words on the screen. I don't <laughs> quite understand how they all link together to make, you know, what is JSS. Um, and so I, I could see where someone who is um, on the periphery right. of the software getting into something like that right uh, and and heck even for our being teachers. able to see what it looks like right even for our teachers because we actually give our teachers limited access to the JSS yeah uh, because you can actually you can give granular rights and roles to so we give our entire teacher group uh, certain rights to the JSS but it can be a little daunting where it's like sure. even even whenever we put together you know a how-to with flashing arrows and <laughs> click this and only this uh, you know it's uh, it is. It, there's a lot of different it, because it's so powerful. There's a lot of different things that it can do, and there's a lot of little. Okay, I understand this word, but what does it mean in context? Sure. So yeah, yeah. I think definitely running the jump start throughout the week would be highly beneficial. Yeah, I, th that sounds cool. I, I would be interested in attending something like that. Right. Um, I, what I one of the things that I would like to see is, I, I would like to see not only more sessions, but if there was a way they could, I don't know, repeat a session or two, mm -hmm. uh, you know. You can't attend everything. Well, like any you know, they video everything, though. They it's, do. It's out well, on the no, that's board, true. I so, forgot. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's all out there on the notes board. And, right. and so you can you can See, I am an this. idiot. I tried but to tell no, you. Cool. you know, Although, in, in, you know, all, in all fairness, it does take a little while for those videos to get up there. I think last year's videos, you know, they took a couple months to get up to on sure. YouTube. So. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, then. Well. But, yeah, the, I do think that... And and I think part of why they don't have more sessions is just because they've only got three theaters to work with. I mean, they could have much smaller right. sessions right. in one of these like little classroom areas. Right. But if it gets wildly popular, you know, it's like okay, in the first True. ten seconds, this sold out right. because we have five seats. You well. know, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, True. I think too that you know this year, I think last year was uh, nine hundred and something attendees, and this year is right. over, over seventeen hundred. So they right. almost doubled. Yeah. Well, and, and so and we're, to that we're end. now to a, we're now to a point where you know they're feeding everybody. That right. was amazing. They right. still fed yes. everybody. Yeah. And this this year's lunch went much better than last year. Yes. Yeah. But you know that was everywhere. The the other thing that's pretty amazing about it is is that um, you know that's I think why there's so fewer sessions is because there, there's just not enough room. Right. Plus right. They, they well, that's what I was going to say. Right. I, I think they are on the brink of outgrowing this venue, which right. is. Which is you know, a bummer on the one hand because it's such an incredible yeah, it's very, place. It's to a very come. interesting place. And it's really cool. Um, but you know, at some point, you just may have to either let that go or you Keep know face the music and say, okay, you know, we love that we had seventeen hundred people here, but we can't do that again. You know, we've right. got to cut it off at whatever twelve hundred, fifteen hundred, yeah. whatever. And it I think is. they were. I think this year they were planning for for more just 
movement of people in the way they scheduled things. I think last year they were a little bit tighter than they should have been because, yeah, just getting between stuff and like sure. lunch was just Yeah, insane. lunch was a nightmare. Because everybody decided to go to the first session of lunch, yeah. and it was just totally crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think th- this year they might have overshot a little bit, and yeah, they they, which is a hey, that's not a bad way to go. I mean, better to better to give a little bit more time to get settled. And yeah. Again, plus with the networking thing, you know, right. gives you time to talk. Right. Exactly. So, <clears throat> hey, either way we look at it, what a great conference! We always have a great time. We learn a lot of stuff. We meet a lot of great people. Yep. And we go home with a lot more ideas than we came with. Yeah, absolutely. And and I just want to give a shout out to. Um, uh, Bobby Hart at Hope Public Schools. And, and I want to give Bailey. a shout out to Phoebe Bailey at Southwest <laughs> Arkansas Educational Co-op for letting us come here and do this stuff. Uh, they've treated exactly. us very well. Edutech guys are very, you know, yes, happy that they've treated us well and Absolutely. very grateful for the opportunity. Hey, you know what you're doing? You've been listening to, uh, what's the name of this group? Three Clowns in a <laughs> Yellow Room. <laughs> Three what are you doing? <laughs> you're listening great. to radio.edutechguys.com. Thank you. And, I'm, just, uh, I'm just goofing around. I know you're goofing around. <laughs> and uh, hey, we appreciate everyone who it's who, been who came of a in. It's a serious show. It has been serious. Well, there's been a lot to talk about, and <laughs> we just we didn't get to goof around too much. So you know, we got to goof around at the end, right? But uh, no, we appreciate everybody who uh, stuck it out with us and, and stopped by. And um, we had several folks who were uh, actually snapping some pics of us. Uh, hanging out here, we couldn't get anybody. Hey, look at these the dorks chair. up here on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Do what now? Look at these dorks up here on the yeah, radio. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much. Um, they drew stuff on us in Snapchat. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, when the pictures go viral, um, we're going to be in trouble. I know. Uh, but those folks that uh, tuned in on uh, Periscope and everybody else who uh, followed along, either uh, online or watching the Twitter feed, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Absolutely. And, uh, hopefully, you'll uh, tune in next time. We'll catch you next week. And uh, we'll be back in our regular studio in the metropolis of Hope, Arkansas. <laughs> and uh, so uh, we appreciate it. I'm David Henderson. I'm Jeff Madlock. And I'm Greg Moore. You've been listening to Edutech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site this program to those of participants is not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. This is Ross Romano from The Authority here on the Bee Podcast Network. It's the show where I interview people who know what they're talking about, and no matter your role, we have some recent episodes you won't want to miss. I spoke with Mark Miller, international best-selling author and VP of High Performance Leadership at Chick-fil-A, about his brand new book, Culture Rules. Kate Eberly Walker, CEO of Presence and author of The Good Boss, joined the show, and we've had conversations with Baruti Caffele, Peter DeWitt, Julie Evans, and many more. Join us each week for ideas to address your current pain points, new perspectives from authors you admire, and fresh takes from up-and-coming voices. Subscribe to the Authority Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.